Have you ever visited a flea market? Have you ever visited a truck stop? Did you ever have a job as a waiter? Have you noticed how many successful restaurants are theme-based these days? Do you have a pet? Do you have a sweet tooth? Do you believe in the power of a curse? Have you had your hearing tested lately? Planning a trip soon? Can you remember the tallest man you've ever seen? Do you love to go a-wandering beneath the clear blue sky? Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Friday, January 21st. <laughs> I've... Because I'm still giggling from the cold open. These are rattling me, JD. Uh, this is the Drop Podcast, January 21st. Let me try that again. Uh, I'm JD Skeets. I'm alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. No drunks in here. None. <laughs> uh, I've probably said a few of those things. <laughs> For actually, sure, I have. Yeah. We got our Top Shot Hot Boy, Trey Kirby. Ayo. Ayo. The international man of mystery taking it to the Max Lealis. Friends. And finally, making the magic happen, super producer JD. Hello. There he is, and here we are. JD, I gotta say, I think that was your greatest week ever when it comes to cold opens. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Every That's single great. one of those was a banger. Yeah. Any chance I have, I, I like to try to submarine the show as soon as it starts. <laughs> like, just blow it up the moment it happens. So, uh, it's always cool. a good show when that happens. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Subscribe, like, comment, share the show. Email in your NBA questions to nodunksattheathletic.com. We're going to hit the beach a little bit later on this drop podcast. Grab yourself some No Dunks gear. If you haven't already, go to nodunks.com. And get yourself an athletic description. <laughs> Go to theathletic.com slash no He's wearing a shirt. He's oh, it's great. <laughs> Perfect. That's why. Yes. yes. That makes sense. Uh, okay. On today's drop, we're going to talk about Daryl Morey's latest comments on the Ben Simmons situation. Yeah, I avoided that one this morning. No, dog, no. So. I want your take on it as well. <laughs> it's a big fark. Fark. <laughs> 20 A's this time. Uh, we're going to take a look at the latest all-star voting fan returns. I believe the fans have one day left to uh, get their votes in because we find out the starters next week, but we'll talk about those. Like I said, we'll hit the beach to answer some of your questions, and you know we got some rapid-fire fun. But let's start with the games from last night on Thursday. There were only three. We'll start with the Suns rallying late to beat the Mavericks 109-101 to sweep their five-game road trip. Uh, a really entertaining game. It was uh, close down the stretch, but the Suns pulled away. Yeah, I mean, Chris Paul, the reputation he's carried over these last few years especially is when the game's close, when it's uh, crunch time, he's going to take over. And that's basically kind of what happened again there last night. Now, he only gets credited with one assist, but he got a couple of hockey assists in there, and also Bismack Biombo got some free throws on an incredible pass there from Chris Paul, but the Mavericks did everything right for basically 42 minutes of this game. They had a good lead. They they went into halftime with some momentum. They scored Reggie Miller like five points in the last five seconds there off some uh, sloppy play from right. the Suns, but then when the game had to be won... Chris Paul really just said, give me the ball, guys, and everybody just get to your spots and, and we'll make this work. And if you look at Phoenix in that second half alone, they had two turnovers. So it wasn't necessarily that they sort of shut Dallas down because Dallas was still scoring, but it was like the Suns just did not uh, turn the ball over themselves. They make, made so many high-quality possessions that, again, start with Chris Paul, but don't necessarily only go through him or finish through him. But I think he sort of sets the tone for that team. It's like, take care of the ball, get good percentage looks, 
and we'll close this game out. And Bismack Biombo again, I mean, playing some very important minutes there, had a nice dunk, rolls to the rim, uh, just doing what he is supposed to be doing for this team because he, they picked him up off the scrap heap and now they've got him for the rest of the season. And he may go on to win a championship. I mean, that'd be a great story if that was to happen for him because this guy just understands like, all right, I was out of league. Now I've got one of the greatest point guards ever who's going to involve me in plays. He's not just out there as a, as a pylon. He's like, I'm going to need you to do things. And he did. So the Phoenix Suns, I, I dug into it a little bit more this morning because it's no surprise. Again, crunch time is when they really excel. They've had 18 games of crunch time. They're 15 and three. They're shooting 60% from the floor during crunch time, 38% from three. They've turned it over nine times. Nine times all season. That's amazing. Crunch time. So that's the thing is is if a game is close and Chris Paul is on your team, the chances of you winning are exceptionally high. And uh, again, Dallas have been playing really well. I thought this was going to be another quality win. They've beaten the Bulls. They've beaten the Warriors. And it looked like that. Luca picked up some sort of a neck injury there. He made no excuse for that and neither did the Dallas Mavericks. But ultimately, the difference here was Chris Paul just uh, was another master. 10 points and one assist, as I say, had way bigger impact than those numbers in that fourth quarter. But uh, really quality win here from Phoenix. Yeah, the way the Suns finish off teams ties into an email we got from our man, Gourmet Spud. The email is, is there a term for what the Suns keep doing? Letting a team hang around for three quarters and believe they have a chance until they absolutely pants them when it comes to closing time in the fourth. It's sort of like an in-game version of the douchebag sweep. (laughs) Let let a douchebag sweep. One team wins one game, the other team just sweeps the rest of it. It seems purposefully disrespectful. Like when you were a kid and you would race your dad and he'd let you hang around for a bit and then he'd run around and start running backwards and just beat you at the end. This could be called the old backwards dad or maybe getting Chris Pauled. You guys probably have a name for it. Gourmet Spud, we absolutely do not. But that's a that's great... not bad, though. The old ba- Good analogy. backwards dad. Yes, it's great. The old backwards dad. Yeah, I love it. Honestly, like, Bismack Biombo is too good right now. I can't <laughs> I can't see Bismack Biombo have that big of an impact in a fourth quarter. The guy went to the free throw line. He hit one of his free throws. It bounced up in the air. And he squatted down. Like, let's see if this goes in. As if Bismack Biombo is suddenly an incredible free throw shooter. But he went two for three in the fourth. He had a major impact. I don't know. Chris Paul, I think JD should play on uh, yeah. center for the Suns. He would get some easy layups. He would suddenly be able to make free throws just at the line. Anybody who's out there in the five spot is going to be good yeah. playing alongside Chris Paul. JD, what do you think about that? Set a pick and then just run to the rim. Could you finish in the NBA if Chris Paul's passing to you? At, like get the ball in the basket and finish? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Disagree. Disagree. I think you could. I mean, serves it up so nice. Man. Yeah. yeah. Just seal and dunk <laughs> I mean do it, man. maybe if I practiced a little maybe yeah well let's see let's see if we can make that happen somehow because I believe uh, it, it would work because you want to see if we can make it happen yeah. when we get Gina? I don't know how I don't know how okay. you're a bit crazy right now I mean we're seeing Joe Johnson back in the NBA maybe they'll just say hey we're going to get this podcaster in and see if he can uh, run some pick and roll I also <laughs> love the idea that you were like sons are trying to win Biombo a championship before Chris Paul <laughs> 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 one of the greatest what a moment, of all time. What a moment. now let's get Biombo like, the point the point mm-hmm. being no, in I'm that sense yeah like Joe Johnson was like okay we just need a guy fill it in and play Biombo's now come in the same sort of scenario, but he said, listen, look how I can actually help this team. And the team's like, okay, great. We will keep you for the rest of the season. This wasn't just a like, we need you for a couple of games until our other guys come back. Yeah. You talk about Chris Ball taking over and that always seems to come up when we talk about a Suns win because you're right. It's just he's got the ball in his hands. He's going to make the right decision. 
every shot he takes feels like it's going in yeah. or he sets guys up. But I wanted to give a, a little bit of shine to some other Suns players last night. I thought Mikhail Bridges turned this game a little bit with his defense. He got super active there for a couple minutes. Felt like he was deflecting every second ball. And that helped, you know, get some stops for Phoenix. Crowder had that little stretch where he hit a couple threes. It got the Suns right back in the game. And then campaign, you know, off of the bench. 4 of 10 shooting, okay, not amazing. But in 20 minutes, you know, again, a little spark plug in terms of, like, timely buckets, getting into it with the Dallas Mavericks, you know, just, like, sort of firing up the team a Some little bit. Some irrational so, confidence. That's yeah, rational, yeah, actually. Yeah, He's good at yeah. it. Yeah. He, he did turn it around in that third quarter. It was big. And was so big all minutes. of those guys obviously contributing to whoever's playing center for the Suns, be it McGee starting or Biombo, you know, closing, and then, you know, Booker and Chris Paul as your star guys there. Um, just there's, this team is awesome. I, I, I'm sort of shocked that they're not the title favorites. I, I just the way what you've seen now at the halfway point of the season, they don't even have ten losses yet. Mm. I just don't get it. But the Warriors have they have guys that are on a, maybe another level in Curry, and then of course you know obviously there's LeBron always in the mix, and then what's happening in the East. But it seems disrespectful that they're not at this point. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's, I know. Maybe. I guess with the money is just not on them right yeah. now. But uh, you have to love everything you're seeing from them because you know uh, Devin Booker. You were talking early in the week. He was on a, an absolute tear. I just last night he didn't have one of those super standout performances, but he didn't need to because mm-hmm. everyone else was contributing. And and it just feels like Bridges is going to give it to you one night, and then it's going to be Crowder as well. And then, you know, whoever else is on that team is going to contribute. This was without DeAndre Ayton, too, last night. Yeah. So, uh, you know, well, he, they don't need him. They got Bismarck. <laughs> <laughs> but, that, that, I mean, what a what a uh, embarrassment of riches they have. If, you know, you can have DeAndre Ayton, who seems to have been out a lot lately with injury and protocol and stuff, and it's like they haven't really missed him. That's no disrespect to Ayton. It just shows just how good this team is. Yeah. I keep thinking about during the preseason. Remember, they didn't give Ayton the big extension, and we're all like, how are you not maxing this guy? Is this hurting his chances of getting a max from the Suns where literally anybody who plays center is doing yeah. DeAndre Ayton stuff yeah. out there? I mean, yeah. Ayton's obviously a lot better than Bismack Biombo or JaVale McGee yeah. or Frank Kaminsky when he's out there. But do you want to spend that much of your salary cap on a guy when you can get replacement level stuff yeah. off the scrap heap? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, a, I mean, I it's it's, it. it's yeah interesting point because it was, to me, a no-brainer coming in because he was playing so well. But you bring up an interesting point there. I mean, what's more important to that team? Is it their backcourt, especially Chris Paul, or is it do you want to invest in their future? I think he's going to get very close to the max anyway just well, because it's... He'll get so, it from someone yeah. either. Uh, yeah, right. but, but, yeah, this is certainly uh, at least you know a conversation to be had there and i guess they wanted to give him the four-year max yes uh, but not the fifth year right and somebody's going to give him a four-year max no matter what and Mm. the Suns will say oh yeah we'll match that most likely uh on mikhail bridges just wanted to make this one note he's going to be in the five by five club i think at Mm. some point because he just he just accumulates the stats so points rebounds assists steals and blocks i mean i am being a little premature because He's never got close to five blocks. Yeah, blocks would be uh, tough. But uh, you, that's why it usually goes to a big man. But last night he had 12 points, eight rebounds, six assists, four steals, zero blocks. The most blocks he's ever had is three. And maybe he plays too good at defense to get in the block category as well because he's just always in front of guys. He doesn't have to recover as much. But mm. maybe he gets one from behind. And maybe his, def- his teammates are too good at defense because they're always in front of guys, so he can't get the block. But uh, that's why, you know, it, again, it goes to big guys. The, the last guys... It's a it's a weird it's a weird list. The last guy to do it, if you guys remember, Nurkic, All right. and go in reverse chronological order: Anthony Davis, Draymond Green, Batum, and Kirilenko. Who is uh, this, this doesn't happen very often. How no, they look doesn't. at this? Two thousand six, 
Kirilenko, uh, who is like a Mikhail Bridges prototype, and then Marcus Camby and Jamal Tinsley. That's the weirdest one. That's the weirdest one. one. Oh, yeah. The tiniest <laughs> man blocks. Yeah, to get yeah. five blocks. Yeah, that's always a fun question. Yeah. I feel like it comes up on our show every couple of months. Who's going to get the next five by mm. five? I know Mo- Mobley is a, a popular pick. Yeah, that's for, a good as, one. As a rook there. No and doubt. I guess even Scotty Barnes, uh, the way those two guys yep. play and, and get accumulate the defensive stats. Um, my only final thought on this game is I said the Suns swept their five-game road trip here. They're 18-4 and four on the road. Mm. I mean, again, just incredible, incredible team. And it seems like they relish. Like, you saw Crowder last night. He hit, like, I think it was the second three there in a row. And this was a game and nobody could hit a three there for a stretch. I mean, both teams shot under 30%. And he's, like, you know, turning to the crowd. And he's, like, doing, like, okay, everybody relax. We're going to win this game. We're going to come back. (laughs) I don't know. They just got the great vibes to this team, uh, especially when they're on the road. And Mm. they feel like they can beat anybody, and they've proven it so far this year. Yeah, and uh, Monty Williams sort of said that during the uh, the what was it third quarter time. He's like, you just got to stay in the game and uh, give the ball to Chris Paul, you know, because because uh, he actually clunked two threes just before crunch time, so he didn't affect his numbers there. He was like, oh, hang on, it's not five minutes to go yet, so I'm going to wait and then I'm going to actually just uh, rip the heart out. By the way, what about the overturned call there at the end uh, from Devin Booker? That incredible oh, yeah. block, because in real time it looked like there's no way. They're going to call that. Oh, they're going to overturn that. But the replay was, and a really good job by the referees there because the replay, he cleanly got the ball, and it was uh, uh, Finney Smith who it's like up. kind of whacked him out of the way. So that's one of those instances where the challenge really did work and yeah. the right call was made. And he called for it right away. And, and so, did, like, yeah, I got... so did Chris Paul, yeah. yeah. And Williams talked about that. He says, you know, you can't trust your players because they always think they they didn't foul. But in that moment, that was a huge play of the yeah. game. And uh, and then Chris Paul came down and hit a three after that. Very, very close. Uh, I got some weird Chris Paul trivia for you. I already asked Trey before you guys got into the Classic Factory here. <laughs> so uh, he can he can sit this one out. But uh, can you name the three nicknames for Chris Paul on Basketball Reference? CP3. Correct. Uh, Second one's very obvious, too. CP. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Mr. Fourth Quarter. No, come on. Come on. I don't remember this. this he's a, he's think, a, think of him looking at a point guard. Yes, oh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, 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 now yeah. the third one, which you know, I stumped Trey with because it's the dumbest nickname I've ever heard. I don't even know how it's on Basketball References page. CP3O. No, it's the skate instructor. Uh, okay, <laughs> that's brutal. I get it. At least I get it. Yeah, I get okay, it too. But I'm saying it's good. And then, uh, how many three pointers um, attempts per game do you think Chris Paul is taking this year? I just thought this was interesting. Four and a half. Three. Hmm. It's, the, it's like he's actually shooting the worst from distance he has since his rookie year. Wow. Uh, he only hits one a game. Yeah, just three attempts per game. It's just wild. Because like, you remember like when he played for the Rockets, I know the mandate was to shoot a bunch of threes. He averaged like six and a half three-point attempts per game, but he only shoots three. Yeah. The he good, just gets to his spot. The good thing about the Suns, just back to them on the road, is that the Warriors are the best home team in the association. Not only by record, but how they're smacking teams at home. They have a big chasm between how good they are at home and how good they are on the road. Mm-hmm. So, bodes well for the Phoenix going into Golden State in the playoffs if they do match up. Well, the Warriors were not that great at home last night. No. As the mm-hmm. undermanned, holy, very undermanned Pacers stunned Curry and the Dubs there. 121-117 in overtime. Let's talk about Indiana, Trey. Let's talk about the Pacers. Does anybody know who played for the Pacers last night? Uh, It's hard to figure out, man. No Turner, no Sabonis, no Brogdon, no Levert. 
Maybe that's the key for the Pacers because they have back-to-back -back road wins for the first time all season thanks to 27 from Chris Duarte and seven Pacers in total. Figure, uh, finishing in double figures, this was a weird game, and it started with way too much yellow, if you ask me. It was like the Pacers were disappearing anytime they went into the lane because the Warriors have like a yellow cord. Obviously, they're wearing their blue and yellow. That was just too much. In the second quarter, Stan Van Gundy said, plain chips with a canned French onion dip? That's what you want. <laughs> Second yeah, quarter. Yeah. <laughs> That's too early to be talking snacks, Stan. <laughs> Steve Kerr, he usually fouls up three. Six seconds left. Pacers ball doesn't foul up three. Yeah. Justin Holiday, game tying three. How about the Warriors? Our great three point shooting team had a ton of chances to tie this one in overtime, down three, but somehow the ball just kept going to Juan Toscano Anderson, who mm. did hit a big shot <laughs> yeah. earlier in the game, but eventually. It did get to Steph. He ended up missing just like all the rest of the Warriors did. Just weird stuff all around uh, in Golden State. I'm thinking, though, the Warriors really need Draymond back because Steph was great last night, but he really needs some help. And I think they go hand-in-hand hand there, right? Like, Draymond makes things easier for everybody else because teams are going to do whatever they can to take Curry out of the game. Didn't really work for the Pacers last night, but... Draymond's such a good passer that he makes things so easy. And then, obviously, defensively, he's going to bring it as well. You need more, though, from uh, Wiggins and Poole. They really have to step up when Draymond's out. Somebody that can just do something on their own because Curry's the only guy right now. You know, Clay's still working his way back into things. Finished 0 for 7 from 3 last night. He's just trying to get up as many shots as he can right now. Trying to make up for two years of time, get his rhythm back. But Warriors have had a rough patch here uh, basically since... <laughs> the quarter mark of the season when we're like these this has been one of the teams yeah. of the first quarter of the season curry was running away with mvp and i don't think that's the case anymore so a little bit of malaise for the warriors and i think it all stems from draymond not being around mm. yeah what do you think of the game well that, i think draymond is going to have a huge impact on clay when he comes back uh and, and clay gets kind of you know an unlimited time here to find his rhythm again because he's been, missed so much time and, and 0 for 7 as trey mentions there i just think draymond out there passing him getting him into his spots is going to really have an impact uh but i also think the warriors probably looked at the other team and just thought okay that we're gonna we're gonna absolutely punk these guys because after a big win against the Lakers and they rested all of their recognizable stars there. Gogo Batazzi was out there getting buckets early on before he got ejected. Uh, but yeah, this was just a night where the Pacers just everyone seemed to hit threes too for them. Uh, Kiefer Sykes. Dorte, uh, Justin Holloway, they all, everyone was just hitting threes and it, they just kind of got hot. They were down in overtime and then they kept fighting back. And so uh, just a good, tough, but a shocking win here for the Indiana Pacers. A good couple of days for them. Anything to add? Is there any relation between uh, Chris Dorte and Lou Dort? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know he was a Dort, eh? I thought, he was adding, <laughs> I thought you were adding like the winter time it's, vibe it's, to it's, it. It Dort, looks like eh? a Duarte, but I think they yeah. pronounce it Dorte. Why would they do that? Well, He's from the I've Dominican. Yeah, that's what I've been well, hearing. that's because they can't say it properly. Um, yeah, well, yeah, the Warriors, I'm surprised Steph isn't sitting a little bit more. He's playing back-to-back -back there, uh, or he'll be playing back-to-back -back tonight, I should say, on a 44-minute night last night. Just the way he's playing, you'd think he would sit. But, um, yeah, Draymond is a, a big key for that team. And uh, the Pacers... Yeah, three weeks uh, until this team looks a lot different, I, I assume. Uh, DeMont Sabonis, hopefully that ankle right. injury isn't too bad because you assume they want to deal him. I don't think that this is just a smoke screen. I think they do want to uh, blow this thing up. But, 
Yeah, there's a lot of odd things happening in the NBA right now. A lot of weird losses. Uh, and so, yeah, the Warriors, I think, definitely thought, oh, we're going to run over this team. You've got even coaches like Dwayne Casey saying, these are the dog days of the NBA. I don't really remember coaches saying that. And you've got a former coach in Stan Van Gundy talking about chips and dip in the second quarter. He's on Twitter <laughs> talking about fries and the best fast food fries all the time. <laughs> he, it's, it's what, it's January 20th. I'm, I'm pretty positive that he's been talking about it since Christmas because since Christmas when he got together with his family, yeah. he, he keeps... Putting and had down Christmas his, fries? No, it was well, just a conversation yeah. oh. that came up. It was a, <laughs> okay. it was a Christmas Day conversation Christmas with his family. I love fries. We should do that. Yeah, well, we should. Christmas uh, fries. We can have them right here on the ping pong table. We can sample because what he's saying is <laughs> over what? and over, he keeps putting down his family that, that you know puts forth the wrong fries, according to Stan. <laughs> he said steak and shake by a mile wow. are the best fries. Steak and shake. Wow, he likes a skinny fry. <laughs> nice. I don't think I've ever had a steak yeah, and shake. Yeah, I'm trying to I love the chip I the have. chip and, and French onion dip comment. Just keep it damn simple. Regular chip to specify <laughs> and French onion dip. That's a good combo. Stan? Uh, I was excited to see as uh, at least the biggest Chris Duarte fan here in the Classic <laughs> Factory for him to have a, a big game on national tele uh, television against a player that he has gotten some comparisons to in Clay Thompson before. Mm. And 10 to 16 shooting for him, you know, only two or three from, from distance didn't take a whole bunch of them, but that's a great percentage, of course, perfect at the line. And, uh, you know, a positive out there. Most of the Pacers starters were last night, um, despite missing all their big names. But I thought he was just awesome. Yeah. He, he is a, I mean, he is a building piece for sure for this Indiana team once they move some of these other guys, in theory, mm. at, at the trade deadline. I He'll be there after February 10th. I, I'm pretty confident. <laughs> I, I, I think he will be. Too, he yes. should be. He yeah. should not be packaged in any other sort of deal. I, I think that would be silly because I think they have a really, really good player. And as I've talked about, I think he's just going to be a really solid player. Is he going to get to Clay Thompson levels? Probably not. But, you know, a poor man's version of Clay, that's still a damn good player in the NBA. And he can play for a long time, I think. All right. Agreed. All right. <laughs> I thought I was going to get some pushback on that one. <laughs> good. All right. Uh, final game from last night Valanchunas and Josh Hart lead the Pelicans past the Knicks 102-91. The Boo Birds were out in MSG test. Yeah, Josh Hart of the Pels uh, joked that it felt like the Pels were playing six on five uh, because the Knicks weren't playing together. He said, quote, they weren't on our side, but they weren't on their side either. <laughs> a good, a good comment from Josh Hart. Uh, that via our Will Gilroy at The Athletic. Yeah, the team does it seems a little... A little discombobulated. They're just not together. And the big worry is, in, tar in terms of the Boo Birds, Julius Randle with the New York Knicks. Mm. Uh, since uh, it was just over two weeks ago where he got booed at home and then he put in a basket, came back down the floor, and gave the old thumbs down to his crowd. Since yeah. he hasn't talked to the media. He mm. talked to the media that night and then seven straight games. He has not spoken to the media via our Fred Katz. I That's only post game though. Post game, he, yeah. He's he's talked yeah. after a practice once <laughs> yeah. during that time. So yeah, one practice. Uh, it, well, this got to be more. This got to be rules implemented. Maybe they've kind of gone out the window with the COVID protocols. But for him to only talk to media once in two weeks, uh, some people handle New York well, and it just feels like Julius Randall isn't one of those guys. Uh, it's it's 
it's easy to say that now after an all-star appearance and all nba appearance last year uh but the fact that yeah, he had four point night and, and so it's easy to, to jump on him now uh, but that thumbs down in retrospect after a make i think that's important after make he hmm. said i can do this and now and now he is ha- totally disconnected from the team now they were 22 and 21 they've lost three straight uh but i think this is a, a big worry that uh you know as josh hart pointed out that team ain't together. I mean, it's easy to see for a, a guy on the floor, on the opposing side of the floor. So that's uh, that's a worry. I, 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 you know, they can they can win enough games, and that's why they were twenty two and twenty one to to be a, you know around five hundred team. But it doesn't feel like they're going to be that same team from last year that surprised teams and was ten games above five hundred uh, when all was said and done because they they went on a twenty and ten run to finish the season, which. They could still do. Right. Uh, they could still get a, 10 games above 500 and be that team no one wants to play in the playoffs, but it doesn't feel like the same team. It was uh, like what we've seen from the Knicks earlier in the season where the starters all deep into the minus, in the plus minus, and then their bench had to come out and at least give them some sort of competition there to get them back into the game. But Julius was bad, just bad last night. Kemba Walker also, he really struggled. Fournier has gotten them out of jail a few times this season. He really didn't do anything for them last night. Um, Barrett so, had an average game. Yeah, Honestly, yeah. like, two Knicks players played well last night. Yeah. Mitchell Robinson and then Grimes in, in getting them back sort of into yeah. the game, though they never were going to win it. And and the Pelicans just, you know, they, they've obviously been playing better lately than when they had uh, at the start of the season, but they just kind of worked hard that was really all it was it wasn't like one guy particularly sort of went out there and just absolutely torched them and was on fire it was just like they made shots they moved the ball and the Knicks really sort of once they get down in that hole like that it's so hard for them to dig out especially again when Randall their star player is just not giving them anything I mentioned when we had Chris Herring on the other day there was a play against the Timberwolves where he was fighting and scrapping and and, you know the crowd was sort of like really behind him because they will support him when he's putting in the effort but at last night it just didn't seem to be there so there was no energy from the crowd there was no energy from the players and that's just a recipe for disaster are the Knicks going to make like a panic trade here at the deadline after floundering a little bit and I mean what's your, any opinion on that Trey I would have to think they have they're going to do something right like they've so. had the same problems for the entire year and it kind of honestly stretches back to last year it's just Julius Randle was on fire last year remember how many times we said during the season <laughs> He's got to stop missing these right, jumpers right. at some point. He's taking impossible jumpers. He's taking Kobe shots every single time down. This season, he's missing them, and the Knicks are an average team. So if he's not playing at an all-NBA level and Derrick Rose is still out, they just don't really have the, the the guys to be able to do it right now. And obviously, Tibbs hasn't found that balance between the bench and the starters. So I don't know. It just feels like there are moves to be made. Uh, just who's really interested in the Knicks guys that's that's kind of the question right. like could somebody be interested in Alec Burks maybe so Obi Toppin seems like he would have some intrigue around the league just as a young guy who can run and get out on the break Emmanuel quickly seems to me like the guy that you would want to keep if you're the Knicks but we'll see if something changes because they're kind of just stuck in the middle right now and then Tibbs has to implement Cam Reddish too also into true. that right. bench starter rotation which it's gonna be tough they got a lot of wing guys for sure there yeah. mm-hmm. uh, on that on that squad maybe what Julius Randle is doing here is what I proposed the other day on the, on the podcast 
He won most improved last year. <laughs> oh, I get Maybe yeah. he's pur- purposely trying to just miss every shot this year, like really tank it, play like garbage. You know, everybody's on him. He's getting upset with the fans, but then bounces Bounce back, back next yeah. year and somehow wins most improved. Oh, man, that, that's that's a real commitment to the most improved. <laughs> you got it. That's, like, that's what you want, isn't it? I'm the only guy who's won this twice. You know, I want to stand alone. That'll get you in the hall. <laughs> uh, yeah, just a shitty performance there by the Knicks all around. Nice Pelicans win. Um, you know, Valanchunas doing big man things there with the slick back hair. I love that he's still rocking that. And uh, that's good. They, they, they're um, incredibly the Pelicans are, you know, still alive after we right. thought they were yeah. done after like 10 or 15 games. We thought this season was a wrap. And no Zion, and they're still, you know, winning enough. 17 and 28. Okay, that sounds like a shitty record, and it is, but. In the West, sixteen and sixteen after a one and twelve right, start. Yeah. Right. Like if you don't botch the first yeah. month of the season yeah. completely, they're in the mix, and they still might be in the mix. All right, let's get to some news. Uh, I got some questions off some of the headlines, guys. We'll start with Daryl Morey. Sorry, Lee. Um, he jumped on Philly radio on Thursday. He acknowledged several times that he understands fans' frustration with the Ben Simmons situation. Morey was firm, however, though, Tass, in explaining why he does not believe the Sixers absolutely must deal uh, the All-Star guard here before the deadline. In fact, Morey called a pre-deadline Simmons trade, quote, less likely than likely, end quote. Now, he had a lot more to say, so I'm interested to hear your takes on maybe some of the other things he uh, chimed in on. But what'd you make of this lengthy interview here from Morey? Well, yeah, Daryl definitely didn't have to come on the radio. So why why is he on the radio? Mm -hmm. What is he doing? Is he trying to lower the expectations of Philly fans? Or is he also trying to temper the expectations that a deal gets dealt? I I think he played both sides. Uh, He played both well. But he also said Embiid is so good that maybe all we need is a top 40 player. I like how he evaluates players like us. Like he puts them in a ranking, like one through five hundred. But he he lowered it. He lowered the the level of player <laughs> right, from I, thirty to forty. Yeah. So yeah. so what he's trying to say is, you know, don't expect a top forty player, a top thirty player, top twenty player. Uh, yeah, maybe a top forty player. Okay. So I think he put that in play. He also put into play. Yeah, the deal is not a hundred percent going to happen. So he went out there to placate fans. Uh, I think he understands what position Joel Embiid is in he's 28 years old very soon and he is playing at a top seven player level Daryl what do you think I think okay top five five. sure yeah Yeah, I guess he's popped Curry there for a sec but anyway uh, this is this is this is Daryl just yeah playing both sides uh, unlike you know a guy who used to work with Sam Hinkie uh, in Philadelphia, Sam Hankey never talked to the media. Daryl comes out there and has this conversation with the fans, essentially, uh, to say, I'm trying. We're trying to make something happen. Relax. And maybe the top 40 player mark there is is the baseline. And I think Jeremy Grant could be the, the f- guy who fills in. I know Jeremy Grant is not a a marquee name uh, but uh, these rumored packages that are going on on Twitter which I hate right now the last few days it's not it's like these deals that are kind of tossed out there and then the Pistons being one of them with the Sixers and then the the reporter also saying but uh, the Sixers hate this deal (laughs) so why is it on Twitter (laughs) basically every deal goes on Twitter and one party don't like it. So I'm not sure why we even see those deals, but one was the Pistons with Jeremy Grant, Sadiq Bey, who I think is a really, really great shooter, even though he's dropped off here in year two, and then other stuff for yeah. Ben Simmons. And I think that's sort of the baseline player, a Jeremy Grant, 
if the if the Sixers want to capitalize on Joel Embiid right here, right now, right here, right now, <laughs> instead of waiting until next year or the offseason. The fascinating part from the Maury interview was he did address one team by you know name, and that was the Sacramento Kings. He can't he can't you know under uh, the CBA rules and all that he can't talk about players when it comes to trading, but he is he can talk about teams, and he he addressed <laughs> the Kings like he's like we could have any of the Kings we want yeah. anytime <laughs> if we wanted them. Don't worry, but we're trying to get good players. Yeah, it's kind of what it I sounded know. like to me, even to the point where he was like. Trading one guy for a bunch of good guys doesn't raise our title chances enough, which is something we've been debating yeah. a lot here. But I thought it was hilarious that he settled for between 30 and 40. Because when I broke down the list of trade candidates, when it was 30 players, yep. I couldn't get it to 30. It was 39. So I'm sure that that's the exact number. <laughs> He's using has. Your list. He has the perfect 39 player mm. list ready for it. But um, to me, this makes it seem more likely that the trade is going to happen because <laughs> we got all that news from Sam Amick saying, uh, all insiders agree something is going to happen, which makes you think, okay, the price is coming down a little bit. This, to me, is Daryl Morey trying to raise the price a little bit. Right, right. <laughs> raise the price and maybe, like Tass said, temper expectations for the Philly yeah. fan base of, like, we might be doing this deal and it may not blow your socks off. But then again, Tass is right. He, he also talked out the other side of his mouth saying, no, we may just do nothing. <laughs> well, and they're 26 and 18. They've got six of their next seven games at home. They're only two and a half out of first place in the Eastern Conference. And Embiid is like in the MVP. Where is he at the, in the basketball? Oh, he's at the team. Yeah, so like he's top four or five right now. Yeah. So he's not in that position where it's like the season's drifting away. You've got to make this move. Instead, it's more like while we're playing like this, I actually hold a little bit more leverage here because he's basically saying, I know the Kings deal's there anytime I want. I just call him up and boom, we got that deal. <laughs> right, right. So I've got, there's, there's no way I'm taking that until I know what else is out there. I mean, it's, it's kind of hilarious. But that's the thing. If they can string together another four or five wins here and they've got some very winnable games on their schedule, you know, they could find themselves top two, top three in the Eastern Conference without him and as the deadline's closing. And he's like, well... I'm, I don't need to make a panic deal right now. Oh, but the counter to that is, yeah, with, and he talked about it a little bit, like the way Embiid is playing, he's actually increasing their chances to win a title. Yeah. In an open East, you know, in an open league where he is an MVP guy, doesn't that make you go, we, we literally have a, an all-star guard. I know he's got a lot of warts yeah. on him, Ben Simmons, but like he's not playing and we could get players to help Embiid and actually win this championship. Right. But, but then he's saying, I don't want to do just a deal for doing a deal to get players in that only increases our chances by 1%. He's all about the numbers, Maury is. And then actually hurt our chances long term because of what we can do. Yeah. And I get that. I brought, I literally said that the other day. This is the, between the rock and the hard place here with whether they just take any sort of deal for Ben Simmons and really go into Embiid and his chances to win title. Or do you like slow play it here and just like, oh my God, we're going to waste a year, possibly waste a year of Embiid. Well, if he doesn't long. make a deal he still then has an all-star, all-defensive player of the year guard on his roster. Now, whether or not Simmons says, all right, I'm going to play, once that deadline passes, he can't be moved anyway. So maybe then Simmons is like, all right, well, I may as well just come back. He may be not. I know you don't oh think God. he will at all. No. But what my not, point is... Ben Simmons is not playing But my point is, like, once that deadline passes, then Daryl Morey has... right that guard that you're talking about. So they're going to force this guy to play. I love it. Well, I mean... mean, He said it, right? He said, I still think Ben Simmons is the perfect player to put next to him. Oh, yeah, because he was talking about, like, we need, like, more playmaking. We need more rebounding. I agree. You had had a nice combo. Agree. So it's it's just an interesting scenario there that, like, 
you know, if, if Simmons wants to sit out the entire season and waste it, he's already missed one season. Remember his rookie season, he was out the entire one. If he just doesn't want to play for another season, then that's also going to affect him. So it's, a, it's the, I've never seen a situation this weird, but I think that Daryl Morey, he's reiterated time and time again, he will not be sort of bullied into a move or, or you know, cornered into making a move. He's only going to make the move that he thinks is the absolute right one for the Sixers. Yeah, I wonder if he goes on air and he says, hey, that Sacramento deal is available. Ben Simmons hears that. It's like, oh, God. Uh, I don't want to go there. No, thank you. I'll play basketball. I'll play basketball right here, right now. Uh, but uh, I think a couple things happen if he doesn't trade Ben Simmons. I think Ben Simmons' trade value gets even lower sitting out an entire season. And Joel Embiid gets a little more pissed. <laughs> I think that I mean, All of the Sixers would, I think. Yeah, I think I think they like like we're actually playing pretty well without this guy, so you know we're showing that we can do it. Now, will they win a champion? Could he be the difference? Maybe, but it's not like the team is just like all right, we we it's time to hit that panic button. We need something mm-hmm. in here. They're well, playing well, and it's giving opportunities to other guys who are like no one feels sorry for anyone else on the sideline. No one's like ah, oh, I'm just filling in. I'm keeping his seat warm until Ben Simmons comes back. These other guys are like I'm taking this opportunity yeah. to to show that I can play. Yeah. The thing is with Joel Embiid, so much responsibility on his shoulders and another year where they go into the playoffs, you know, whether they finish top four, they could be, they they are a really good team. Uh, and he's been there for a long time and they've done right by him. They've mm-hmm. signed him to the contract, yeah. uh, but he's been there for, this will be his eighth season and going into year nine, you know, when they don't execute a deal for their sex, second best player, it's just got to wear on the guy a little bit. I mean, he may look around the league and look around the landscape and say, this, maybe maybe I want to try something new. It ain't working here. So I think the but, pressure is on Daryl to make a deal. I, I mean, I guess you would hope that Embiid and Maury are in lockstep. So Maury goes to Embiid and says, hey, should we trade Ben Simmons for Buddy Heald and Harrison Barnes? How do you feel about that? Do you think that you know really increases our chances to go win a title? And you, you, he's going to get his input and maybe Embiid's like meh no <laughs> yeah. like maybe it doesn't and I like let's wait one. like maybe he's thinking let's wait for a Beal like player or a Lillard like player or stuff like that now I don't think that's the right uh, like decision I think what's going to happen here if he's not moved is Embiid is going to be asked to do way too much in the playoffs he's going to you know it's going to catch up to him and they're going to go out earlier than they probably should and then it's like a big waste of a year. That's what I think is going to happen if they don't trade Ben Simmons. And you would be helped out having Heald or Barnes or these type of players, Jeremy Grant, whatever. Absolutely. Uh, but maybe I'm wrong. And maybe Embiid will be like, no, fuck you, Skeets. I'd take us to the title with Ben Simmons <laughs> or not. So we, we will see. I mean, it's a tough decision. I get it. But, well, it's uh, all matchups, though, too, isn't it? I mean, I, yeah, I think if you're yeah. Embiid, you look at like the Bulls and the Nets and you think that's a, those two matchups he can dominate. You know, yeah. even if he, they don't have home court advantage, a little bit tougher against the Bucks, but that's where you know that's where that's where the East is. Whether Ben Simmons is on that team or not, the advantage the Sixers have is when the other team doesn't have a big that can slow him down. Yeah. All right, some other news, man. We got to get to this. Alonzo uh, Ball to undergo arthroscopic surgery on his left knee is expected to return in six to eight weeks. I think we slipped it in yesterday's show because it was sounding like that's what he was going to do. That's official, Trey. Um, I guess my question is sort of what impact does Lonzo, Lonzo's injury maybe have on the Bulls at the deadline? Do you think this encourages them to do something, or will they stand pat? Yeah, the news yesterday was that Lonzo was going to maybe try and play through this or have the surgery. 
smart move to have the yeah, surgery and said. get right in time for playoff time because this could have a little bit of an impact on the Bulls' traded deadline plans, but I don't think so. Not that much, just because they have a ton of depth on the perimeter with the way Kobe White has been playing, the way Io DeSumo has been playing, and obviously Caruso coming back. Mm-hmm. Levine will be back eventually as well. They've got a lot of guys who should be returning uh, to handle the ball. So, you know, maybe there would be a little bit of hesitancy to trade Kobe White since he's been playing so well. He's been lights out basically in January, shooting over 50%, 40% from three. Lots of patience in the pick and roll. He's really seized the opportunity while Lonzo and Caruso have been missing some time. That being said, I think if there was still a good deal out there that involved Kobe White, I think Karnaschavis is probably saying yes to that, mm. right? Like, at, at the very least, Kobe has kind of raised his trade value or to the point where it's now like either we keep him, we got a solid player, or there's somebody that people are more interested in regardless. The place where the Bulls need help is big guys, mm. strong guys. And I think that they're already going to be doing well with that. They're already going to be adding at the trade deadline when Levine comes back, when Javante Green, Derek Jones Jr., when those guys return, the defense will get better and they'll actually have <laughs> some bulk out there. Uh, so that to me is kind of the plan. Maybe you find uh, this next fellow we're going to be talking about here comes and joins the Bulls as well. Shout out to Paul Millsap. There's going to be some <laughs> random buyout guy out there that yeah. the Bulls are really going to be interested in, I think. Yeah, this season has worked out really well in that Kobe White has come in and played awesome. He's played good mm-hmm. on both sides of the on the floor. And yeah, when uh, everybody's healthy, he's just not going to get a lot of minutes, especially with Io DeSumo playing the way he is. Yeah, to throw out DeMar... And obviously Levine, and then Caruso and Ball and Desumo, where who's cheaper? Obviously, yep. uh, where is Kobe White going to find that time? So I think it's worked out pretty well. Yeah, they they've got this surplus of guards. They need a big. It makes sense that they would make a deal in the next three weeks uh, to try and try and correct that because they have this 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 heartbeat. They've got this feel that they can go somewhere in the playoffs capitalize on it I feel like and I think Karnaschavis is willing to take chances he signed DeMar to that monster deal and uh, he seemed like he was bidding against himself and hell yeah it worked out so why wouldn't he take another chance here Kobe White has played really well he's coming to that culture and been a better defender than I ever thought he could be so Kobe White possibility to be moved I mean Patrick Williams we've talked about uh, obviously injured so he's not gonna help a team immediately but Mm -hmm. you know he's still a young player that was a high draft pick that is shown flashes that he could be amazing maybe he gets moved i read that the bulls haven't been at full strength for a single game this season sort of blew <laughs> my mind just like the way the overlapping yeah. of guys because like I, you know i even forgot kobe white was out earlier mm. in the season and mm-hmm. we've had all these other guys but anything to add to the lonzo stuff oh well lonzo's been really good in his uh, minutes there he's shooting 43 percent on seven and a half threes a game i mean that's the big question about him when he started like can he develop a consistent shot that's a pretty nice shot for uh for that guy there so yeah he's been good defensively for them he's slotted in really nicely so if they can get him back for the playoffs healthy that'll be really big for chicago all right moving on here according to our guys guy excuse me shams shams mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, i'm struggling Sham, today. Wow. Struggling. yeah paul Millsap and the brooklyn nets have agreed to find a trade destination for the 16 year vet where he'll get more opportunities because Millsap is averaging career lows in points and rebounds, and he's only played in two of Brooklyn's last 17 games. Like, he is he's out of the rotation. I guess the question is, where is a good landing spot for, for Paul Millsap? Or does Paul Millsap have anything left in the I tank? I mean, he's 36. Like, if someone's like, there's Paul Millsap, go get him. I mean, that's not a good sign for any team. I mean, he, he was a very smart, underrated defender in his prime years. We saw a lot of those here in Atlanta. But the fact is, he's, he's a little slow and he's a little undersized and that sort of catches up with you at this yeah. point. 
So I don't really see any team saying he's their missing link. I think the Nets are the, is the team for him because they need any sort of veteran experience, defensive help there that they've got. But, uh, you know, him, him wanting a bigger role. I mean, which team out there is like... Uh, that's that's what we're missing is is this guy. I just don't really see it. So. Well, Trey brought up the Bulls. Yeah. Teams that are desperate for a front court help. You know, not somebody who, who needs a starter, but somebody who just needs to suck up some minutes. 10, uh, Denver, you know, uh, Minnesota. There we yeah. go. Yeah, those are options, I think. You like him on the Bulls? I do, yeah. yeah. Uh, sure, the Bulls have been starting Alfonso McKinney since every one of their power forwards is hurt right now. Don't rule out Patrick Williams coming back this season, though. That would Ooh. be exciting. Um, I don't know. He seems to me to be the kind of buyout guy that is going to be available, right? I don't know if this will necessarily be a buyout or if the Nets are going to try to trade him, but somebody's going to definitely take a chance on Paul Millsap just because he does have experience and he's been in the playoffs and he, yeah. you can convince yourself, yeah, he can hit a three. He hasn't shot the three well for the past couple of seasons, but he's done it in the past and he's been in the playoffs. So surely a team is going to sign him. Maybe it'll be the Lakers, right? Like if he's a buyout guy, maybe they're like, yeah, sure, we'll take it. Hey, how old are you? 36? Yeah, you're old. You're an old man? 37 soon, old Paul. (laughs) When's his birthday? Feb 10, I think. (laughs) The deadline. Wow. Yeah, somewhere there. Yeah, right on the deadline. Happy birthday, Paul. Happy birthday to Akeem Olajuwon today. Yes, the dream. Yeah, that's exactly right. The dream that is his nickname. Hold on, let me check basketball reference. I think that's his nickname. Oh, no, it's uh, the dance instructor. Uh, final one here. After trailing Curry, Durant, and Giannis in the initial release of All-Star voting, LeBron James has soared past all to now lead the league in votes. Uh, Curry, LeBron, DeRozan, and KD continue to be the top vote-getters at their respective position groups. If you're joining us here in the stream team, we are showing you the third fan returns. Um Again, I, I'm pretty sure fan voting ends tomorrow, mm-hmm. and this will count for 50% of the vote when it comes to the starters. You get yeah. 25% going to the players, 25% going to the media. Um, little, yeah, they ended on Saturday night. Yeah. Weird. So it's very soon. It's Saturday night, it's your last time to vote. Nice. 11.59 Eastern, <laughs> uh, uh, which is weird. Why Saturday night? Well, People aren't online. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, but, <laughs> I'm just talking. Go ahead. Well, I guess just some other notes from uh, these returns, which are basically, it's sort of the ending. I mean, right. I know yesterday was like the, the old double vote. You, yeah. vote. you vote once, it counts twice. Uh, the <laughs> that, East, that seems to happen every day, though. Like something. Uh, is like, they, it's like the day they release <laughs> the returns. They're like, yeah. it's a double day. Get your votes in now. Oh. Because they want you to see the, the votes and for you to go, what? To be How is that guy so low? Okay, yeah. make your vote. It counts twice. Um, yeah. The East backcourt is still up for grabs. Trey Young and Zach Levine, they are separated by fewer than 160,000 votes. And then Harden is just behind Levine, like 25,000 behind. So if there was maybe another week, maybe that changes, but it's probably going to be DeRozan and, and Trey Young as your East backcourt. So you're going to have KD, Giannis, Embiid, and then those two guys. In the West, LeBron, Jokic as the two forwards that are locks. I'll get to the third in a second. Backcourt, it's Curry and Morant. Um, it does not look like Luka's going to be catching him anytime soon here. But that final Western Conference forward spot, it's weird because Wiggins is there. So he's he's probably going to hold on to that lead with no Paul George. I mean, Paul George hasn't played since Christmas. But who has, are the median players going to vote for in this third spot of the front court of the West? Because... I don't think it's going to be for Wiggins, but I will admit, when I start looking at all the other names, yeah. I'm like, who the hell are they going to pick? Maybe Rudy Gobert, 
which a lot of us had when we were making our all-star starters. You know, maybe it's Draymond Green instead of Wiggins, but mm-hmm. he's out. I said Paul George. He hasn't played in a long, long time, so I don't think it's going to be him. Carl Anthony Towns, you know, they're a 500 team. He's got good numbers. I'm not really sure what the uh, media and the players are going to do here, and I'm starting to... I don't know. You might be right. Maybe Wiggins is starting this damn game, which is really strange to me if that's the case. Yeah. I used to be in that camp that Wiggins could get the start even after the players vote, which they're not voting for Wiggins, or the the coaches, or the, sorry, the media votes. But I don't think so. No. I, I think Draymond Green or you Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Would, Draymond Green's going to be way higher on players' ballots. Yeah. And, and on media. the media ballots. Yeah. So that should temper it, I think. Uh, I think. And they're not voting for a couple weeks when Draymond, until Draymond Green comes back, Rudy Gobert's back. But it's, it's going to be close when it comes down to it, probably. It's probably between Wiggins and Gobert for that third spot, <laughs> I would think, just because the next three in between Wiggins and Gobert are all injured right now. It's yeah. Anthony Davis, too, right? Maybe, like yeah. Maybe Mello gets some player votes. Yeah, you bring up a good People, point. Players love yeah, Mello. Right, He's right. probably their favorite player. Right. So yeah, I don't and know. The fact I'm, that Green is so far down... That factors into right? the equation. It's a numbers thing. Yeah, if he's seventh or eighth, yeah, that, that oh, that's true, a factor. it does. Yeah, I yeah. thought you were talking about the actual difference in votes, but I uh, know you're right. They do the the calculation. So Gobert's screwed then too. I yeah, mean, he's, he's pretty ninth down. or something right now. Yeah, he's pretty low. They're, they're not voting not for Paul George. They're not voting for Wiggins Anthony Davis. The All-Star game. <laughs> Just honestly, like, start Luca. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Well, it's, it's, it's Chris yeah. Paul or Luca. It yeah. really should Luca, be. for sure. Because Luca was listed as a power forward in seasons gone by. You know, <laughs> power forward? I know, forward? I know. It was. Because <laughs> I remember seeing first that. First season? Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if he's still listed as that right now. But you, you're better off doing that than putting someone less deserving in. Luca should be in there because who cares right. about the positions? Nobody cares. It should be the players just most deserving. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. I like the fact uh, that LeBron is back number one, though, because he wasn't for a while, yep. and he needs to be drafting because he kicks everyone's ass every year. He's a good drafter. Yeah, he's Luke- like the Masai Ujiri. Nobody wants to draft against him. Has he lost an All-Star game as the captain? I don't think so. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but Luca is listed as a forward officially on NBA.com forward slash guard. So, but, as <laughs> but we just showed, guard, I know, I know, I know. I, know, I, know, I mean, I know. it's the same thing with DeRozan there, which was <laughs> right. weird. Yeah. What but, happens with Durant? He's leading on the other side. Yeah. Does he partake in the draft? I think he did that once before. He's too. the number, the other drafter, right? Yeah. Even if Top he's injured, two. I thought he already doesn't did matter. That. Yeah. Because he's yeah, not going to play. Injured. No, I know, but I thought he did. Oh. I thought he like already once before was mm. the captain and didn't play in the game. Wow. I maybe have don't that know. wrong, but yeah, I would assume so. That's weird. Okay, you want LeBron as the All Star captain again? Yeah, you don't want, you I don't like want him on the mic. You want you want fresh blood? Oh, he's really good at it, as you said. You want fresh? I mean, yeah, a little he's bit. Comfortable. I think Curry would be just as good. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I don't know if Curry wants to. He's done it once. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's drafted. Yeah. A little draft. <laughs> oh, yeah, draft. Curry versus LeBron. Right. I'll yeah. say uh, apologies to Zach Levine. You said he's what 150 thousand down. Yeah. I've botched my vote for him oh, twice. What, what do you mean? I don't know. I don't know how to vote on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> the last two times there were double days, I got a Zach Levine in, but I didn't put a hashtag, so apparently that doesn't count. Oh. Then yesterday, I got another double vote in. I put in hashtag Zach Levine and hashtag DeMar DeRozan, only to be told there can't be two players. Oh, in between. You have botched Yeah, it. man. I've, how do you do this? I thought it was supposed to be easy to vote. There's all these rules. Trust me, they got finders out there. If I type Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan in the same tweet, I think they can figure it out. Right. But yeah. I mean, Sorry, obviously those were over 150,000 retweets. Very easy. Yeah. All right. Well, let's take our first break. When we come back, we're going to hit the beach to answer a few of your questions. Don't go anywhere.
Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. All right, back with No Dunks in the Classic Factory here on a Friday. It's very cold here in Atlanta today, so let's hit the beach and warm up. Yeah, a little beach stepping. Only place to go, the beach is, to read your emails and your tweets. Send them in, nodunks at theathletic.com, or tweet them in at nodunksinc, or leave them in the YouTube comments. All right, first one here from Ben. In Berkeley. Hey, basketball fans. I watched the Spurs Thunder game to see who would win the battle of young stars between Shea Gilgis Alexander and DeJounte Murray. Shea struggled from the field. DeJounte had yet another triple double. SGA might be at the top of the list of soon to break out players, but Spicy Dejon <laughs> is right at the top with him. Who would you rather start a team with right now, Shea or DeJounte? Again, that's from Ben from Berkeley. What do you think? I got to go with DeJounte Murray. Uh, I have been on the spicy Dijon for a long time, and uh, you know I'm stubborn, so I can't let it go. But I, I do think he impacts the games in more ways. He's more of a playmaker. Yes, he is. He is more of a shutdown defender. I've seen <laughs> yes, him down at the fortress that. with my eyes at times, shutting down Trey Young last season. Uh, and he does not get to the... Um, yeah, the headlines and the stories, although, you know, it's starting to pick up with, with the sickos out there. But he's out there helping win basketball games with his 6'10 wingspan. His shot is coming along a little bit. And he's shooting at an okay rate. I, I think he impacts the games in, in more ways than Shea Gilgis-Alexander can. And that's, you know, sounds a little disrespectful to Shea. But I think DeJounte Murray, even though he's a little older and you can expect, you know, Shea to, to get a little bit, I don't know, more well-rounded. Um I'm taking the mustard man. <laughs> All right, I'm taking the mustard man over SGA. What about you, Trey? Oh, I'm a mustard fan as well, but I think I'm going with some SGA sauce on this one. <laughs> That's a tough call, though. Yeah. I kind of agree that DeJounte Murray maybe could be like a super Mike Conley in his career where he's like very good at everything, but also maybe a little bit more advanced as a number one guy than Conley was at his, in, at his peak. Uh, that being said, Kay. I think SGA makes for a better number one offensive option than DeJounte Murray. We just haven't really seen SGA playing on a real team yeah. for quite some time. And I think you're seeing the benefits of having a solid franchise around you with DeJounte Murray. The guy keeps getting better and better every single year. And though the Spurs haven't really put together a winning season in a while, they're at least, you know, a competitive professional team. Whereas SGA, it's kind of like, Here's all the shots you can handle for right now. Do everything you possibly can, and we'll figure out the basketball side of it eventually. Yeah, I think Gilgis Alexander is a better scorer of the ball, but I think DeJounte, I'm with Tass, I think DeJounte does a little bit more of the other things of the game. Neither of them are great three-point shooters. That could be the real separator here, especially for a modern-day point guard. If you can spread the floor and shoot them uh, at a better rate than both of them shoot right now, that could separate them. But, you know, DeJounte just seems to be a better rebounder, a better distributor, a better playmaker, a better defender. 
But Gilgis Alexander is probably more likely to go for 50 than uh, than yeah. a DeJounte Murray. So very, very even. I'd be happy with either of those point guards, but uh, just play in slightly different ways. And, and, and Trey talks about the development there. <laughs> this is a classic Spurs, like guys sort of being under the radar and then all of a sudden he's averaging almost a triple-double yeah. this season, which is, uh, you know, not quite what it means what it used to, but the fact that he uh, is doing all that uh, for San Antonio just shows how well they see their talent and then work on it. This is very difficult. DeJounte Murray is having by far a better season than Shea Gildas Alexander this year, but my tiebreaker is SGA being two years younger uh, than DeJounte. I mean, that's got to count for something here. So, and, and, and everything else you said, I agree with. The playmaking, I'm not as convinced that DeJounte Murray is like leaps and bounds better than SGA. Defense, yes, but uh, SGA as a closer on a team and making the right play around with with more talent around him would be really nice to see and eventually hopefully we will so i'll go sga of course uh, the homer is going to take him but it's a it's a great question and murray as we've talked about is probably deserving of an all-star spot at this point with how great he's played so yeah and DeJounte murray kind of flew under the radar too because he was injured for an entire year so that ascendancy that we all as basketball sickos get excited for seeing a young player oh here he comes year one year two and then he's gone he was gone for an entire season right. uh so yeah sga is two years younger uh but dejounte murray has only played one fewer year because he hasn't played a lot and he's grown like mad uh so yeah I, it's unfortunate shea gilch alexander is the number one option in okc and his percentages are paying for it uh this season because right. he's asking they're everyone's Focusing on him and taking him away and his percentages are bad. He's a better player than than what he's shown this year, um, although he's scoring. And, yeah, he can drop 50 tomorrow. Good question, Ben. Way to go, Ben. Way to go, Ben. A nice late addition. You're a legend, Ben. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Next one. No dunking, fellas. For years, I have simply stood by growing increasingly annoyed as I heard the infamous story that Michael Jordan got cut from his high school team. (laughs) You're so mad, Aaron. What's up? This story has been used countless times after trials for all the kids that got cut. And I believe even JD referenced this story after his son didn't make the team. Ain't that right, JD? That is correct. (laughs) The the problem is the story is probably about 25% truth. All that happened was that Jordan's sophomore year, he didn't make the varsity team, but he did make the JV team. So basically a 15-year-old 5'10 kid had to play JV for one year, and now it's a national proverb (laughs) of hard work for kids across America. For some reason, the fact that some people think Jordan somehow just didn't make his high school basketball team at all is ludicrous, and I think this story needs to be retaught. There we go. Is there another NBA story you think (laughs) is exaggerated or inflated? That's from Aaron. Lee, what do you think? Yeah, I agree with him first off about the Jordan stuff. But that doesn't matter. We just want to believe that, like, man, some, some guy cut Michael Jordan out there. That's uh, that's what the legend is, isn't it? Yeah, but, and he used that to fuel exactly. him to be this player that we all adore. <laughs> and so. he grew eight inches over the sign that he was. But anyway, my story is uh, the greatest thing that ever happened in the NBA was the Raptors winning the championship because prior to that, there was so much like the NBA hates the Raptors. They hate Toronto. They hate Canada. The refs are always trying to, right. you know. Which was uh, all true. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. They came through and beat the Warriors, the Dynasty Warriors as well. You know, like that to me just now ends any of that talk. You can ever say that the NBA is like, we've got it in for Toronto. We don't want them to win. We don't want them to succeed. We don't want any good players to go there. What can you say now? Right. They've they've been on top. They were, I think, as well, technically 
the longest reigning NBA one season champs <laughs> because of the, uh, you know, so they, they actually held on to it for longer. But uh, that to me was always something that I've, I've disagreed with some of my Toronto friends in the past, especially in the playoffs, you know, when they would lose the first game. See, see, it's rigged. They don't want the Raptors to win. I'm like, it was rigged. Did they watch those games? No, it was. It was like they would always have home court advantage and lose. <laughs> I that know. First I'm saying, game. watch the games. They just played like shit. That's, most that, of the time. that was what I was those always pushing back on. And yeah. and you know, whenever there was a controversial call, if it did go, it was like, see, all this bias against yeah. Toronto. Never true. Certainly not true now. And uh, I just think it's great that the Raptors. That will. I will always say they won a championship. How do you explain that? Then <laughs> was that just like, uh, here you go. We'll give them a championship. No, they didn't do that. The Raptors beat the Warriors. The Warriors. Five seasons in a row, the Warriors in the finals. One of the greatest teams ever, and there are somehow the plucky Raptors got a championship out of nothing. <laughs> okay, that's a good one. Do you have an answer plucky, for this one? Uh, Trey? <laughs> I still want to know what was up with LeBron James's elbow in the 2010 playoffs. Mm. The guy shot lefty free throws right, right. in the playoffs because allegedly his right elbow was too hurt. That was weird, man. The guy was shooting left-handed in the playoffs, and it kind of just flies under the radar now because, you know, it was 12 years at this point. LeBron has added to his legacy since then. But that was weird. You don't shoot with your other hand in the playoffs. Yeah. He was faking it. Interesting. Interesting, yeah. He, he continued to play the rest of the playoffs, yeah. shooting with his right hand. Yeah. yeah. He just Could've... did it to show off in one game. A little drama. Admit it. Yeah, he just, he just <laughs> admit it, LeBron. <laughs> uh, that's the playoffs. You just reminded me. That's where a lot of these fables get fabled, mm-hmm. and then they kind of they fly under the radar. There's just a lot of them. Like the the Warriors had something going on in the locker room when they won the championship in 2018 or 17. I guess David West said it afterwards, oh, yeah. and then we right. never heard that story. Uh, so maybe there's something going on, but it's it's always the time where things you know, get blown up a little bit and then we don't hear about it. Uh, but, yeah, there's always something going on in the locker room. Uh, I, I definitely exaggerated something with the Raptors. I always tend to say that, you know, if Vince Carter wasn't a Toronto Raptor, who knows if that franchise exists, the franchise would still exist. I, I, I think that's, that's a bunch of hooey. They had great ownership back then. They forced Maple Leafs fans, the ownership did, to purchase Raptors tickets. So... There is a built-in system there that there's no way they're leaving because all the Leafs fans got there's a lineup from Toronto to Vancouver for uh, season ticket holders for there. So I think that's even though it's nice to think that Vince saved the franchise, I, I think they would have been entirely fine and they wouldn't have gone the way of the Grizzlies. Uh, but uh, this is a real tough question. Um, you guys with good answers there. I had to go to my man Ryan Setton and, and ask him, and he brought up. Uh, the the fact that the Brooklyn Nets moved from New Jersey and there was all this hype around the Brooklyn Nets mm-hmm. in 2012 that, oh, man, they're going to New York. Of, of course they're going to have this huge fan base. It just hasn't worked out that way. In terms of people going into the stadium, you just can't manufacture that. Uh, 2012 till now, so this is season number 10 for them, and, and even just wipe out the, the last few seasons where things have gone really weird. The highest attendance, even in 2012-13, was 16th in the league, so middle of the pack, and they were dead last in 1819. Uh, I think that was the Kenny Atkinson year with Karis Levert and Joe Harris making things happen. So the team wasn't great, but last in New York, so they, they've never even been in the top half of the league. So that's that was something that's sort of exaggerated, I guess. And I guess it's something. It's true. It's like you can't can't manufacture fandom. Well, Knicks fans will tell you that was always going to be the case. I remember them saying, "It's like, yeah, you can come here." 
Yeah. Ain't no one going to care about you. That's crazy, though. They haven't been in the top half. That yeah. is wild. Mm. There's a lot yeah. of people in New York. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That aren't Knicks fans, I would assume. Yeah. Tourists, for crying yeah. out loud. Yeah. But even they want to go see MSG, maybe. <laughs> That's right. It's the place to be. Yeah, they would be number two. You'd know, think, you'd know that in New York. Yeah. But, but, you know, better than the Mets or something. You know, like, you know, have some <laughs> sort of fandom. Do people go to Shea Stadium? It's not what it's called anymore, right? <laughs> City, City Field? Yeah. City Field yeah. in Queens. Yeah. yeah. I love how you just go to the bullpen and call on Rhino for these. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's got it's to. Nice. Anything, you know? It's like he just seems to have a, uh, a knowledge about fan bases, apparently. Sure. <laughs> yeah, he threw some other ones out there, but. <laughs> not no, that great. Not good. Like that no, we got there. We got there. <laughs> uh, next question here. With the way Kyle Kuzma has been performing, uh, I'll start again. With the way Kyle Kuzma has been performing this season, and the way Westbrook has struggled to fit in with the Lakers, do you think LA wishes they could say, "Trade these backsies"? <laughs> <laughs> what are some other notable trades you think a franchise wishes they could take back, or what's something you've seemingly traded up for and wished you just stayed with the original? Cheers, lads! Every day is a five-star Friday when I'm listening to you. That's from. Uh, Tyron. Tyron, I believe I'm saying that correctly. Lannister? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's Trin, but I don't Trin? know. Trin? That I think could so. be him. that too. Trin. Let's go with Trin. Let's go with that. Tyron. Trying. Trying to say Trin. Uh, what do you got, Trey? Does that work if you call the other team and say trade these vaccines? <laughs> they, have to, they have to swap your players back? It worked for the Pistons yeah. and Bowl Bowl. <laughs> yeah, sort of. uh, sorry, trade these vaccines. All right, fair enough. As long as they haven't played a game, we're running it back. Uh, these aren't necessarily trades to take back, but a couple of decisions the Sixers could take back. What if they just take Jason Tatum instead of Markel Fultz mm. in 2017? Yep. Yeah. There's a huge That's one. That's a big one. How about the next summer? What if they re-sign Jimmy Butler instead of Tobias Harris? Yeah. Yes. Then you're trading <laughs> Ben Simmons for literally anybody because your team is the yeah. title favorites and you're just happy to get players. Could have been that easy. Yeah. Oh, those, I, those are great. <laughs> I guess Jim... Uh, Jimmy he was gone. wasn't long Jimmy for to Philly. me seems gone unless you're like you are our official number one <laughs> yeah. guy yeah. which wasn't going to happen nonetheless they had Jimmy Butler there yeah, yeah. a perfect fit alongside Embiid it was and seemingly him. they love each other right? yes. well, I think it was kind of probably Brett Brown or or I'm going you know I think that's the thing because Jimmy didn't really get along with Brett Brown he's like if Brett's staying I'm going and uh, this was like okay we're keeping Brett for right. a season whoops yeah, yeah. You, you bring up some good the 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 tradesy backsies of draftees. We talked about it yesterday. Tyrus Thomas drafted by the Chicago Bulls. We're going way back. Decided to, uh, uh, or sorry, they drafted Lamarcus Aldridge, trade him for Tyrus Thomas. Should have kept LA. Yes. Yeah. Do you think the Grizzlies would still be around though if Vince Carter was on their team? <laughs> Just to like sort of yeah, meld was. these. Probably. Together. Yeah, that's an interesting one. <laughs> he was on the Grizzlies, Vince. The Memphis. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, when they were in Vancouver, yeah. Vancouver, yeah, it would really put your, you know, the the theory, the theory to the of, test because right. the excitement, of course, was there with them. And and I'm not disagreeing with you. Like just because Vince Carter was there is the only reason Toronto still has a franchise. I I, I do think that's uh, some hyperbole, but sure would have helped uh, the chances of the team staying in Vancouver. I think. Yeah, and that's uh, David Stern's biggest regret when he was alive. That's what he kept saying in interviews uh, even after uh, he was commissioner, that one of his biggest regrets was Vancouver not existing as a franchise because yeah. it was a great town. Mm. But they didn't have a great fan base. Now, if Vince was there, things could be it's, uh, different. It's a little more exciting than uh, Sharif Abdul-Rahim and 
the Bibi and Dickerson and Michael Dickerson. They pulled <laughs> yeah, yeah. the plug real quick on a franchise. They six, sure did. Six seasons. See ya. Let's go to Memphis. Uh, small, you know, obviously yeah. a very small market, and it's a great place to drive to. I'll tell you that it's real fun games in Memphis. But yeah, it is unfortunate for Vancouver, and they're not mentioned at all as a possibility of expansion. Well. Unfortunately for them, because Seattle's right there, and the Sonics need to come back. It's first. a different country, though. Well, yeah. Seattle know, first. Seattle gets it first. Seattle gets it's it like first. It's like a four-hour drive, right, or something. Yeah, I've taken it. Yeah. That's Have a good you nice that drive, tri- too? Yeah, yeah, I did. Beautiful drive. Gorgeous. Washington State. It's nice. Oh, got a speeding Columbia. ticket there, too. <laughs> oh, Jesus. You got a lead foot, don't you? You never know around those corners. Cops are just <laughs> hanging out. I'll say Seattle, to me, is the worst place for driving in all of the United States. Like in the city? Yeah. yeah. Seattle has the worst drivers. Mm. Too, too, too slow. <laughs> like, I think you can look up stories online of police officers telling people they have to drive faster, faster. Wow. in Seattle. That's wow. how bad they are. It's, weird. it's like a weird hilly city. Yeah. It's like, mm. you want to go slow because here comes this big hill. But it's also just a lot of older people, I think. They just don't want to drive <laughs> fast. Be out west. Interesting. <laughs> Playing it right. safe. Uh, right, we got time for one more question. Why not? Yeah, let's, let's do it. Up. Do it. Greetings, no dunkers. I just wanted to say thank you for the pod and let you know how much the show has influenced my work. I'm a school counselor, and your pod's pacing and format have really influenced how I work with children in groups that address social skills and kids' emotional and mental health needs. You create a welcoming and familiar structure that provides serious discussion while also providing room for improv, humor, and vulnerability. I also admire your work ethic, and it really has been an inspiration to me since I started listening in the TBJ days. Thank you. Anyways, I don't really have a question. Just a quick thank you. But I guess here's one. Uh, what current or former NBA player would make the best therapist and why? I think I'm going with Andre Iguodala. Thank you as always. That's from Pat in Detroit. So thank you, Pat. It's one of the nicest emails we've ever gotten. Yeah, it touched my heart hearing that. That was very nice. Thanks, Pat. Um, I'll answer your question. Best therapist, uh, NBA player. Uh, I, Iguodala, I, I really like. He's going to tell you uh, how it is, I think. Um, he's going to take that sort of like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you know, what's the word I'm looking for? He's uh, going to be honest with you, yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah. But just in terms of like a, someone that can really just, I think I could talk to, they would just listen to me. I think Malcolm Brogdon. <laughs> his like demeanor. Just he seems very kind. He seems yeah. very wise. Uh, and he again feels like he would be a good listener. He's got so that, I think uh, cadence in his voice. Great too, cadence. I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, mm. I'm going Brogdon. Mm. Yeah. I'm going Boban. I, I think it'd be great. <laughs> I think Boban. You'd sit down and have a conversation with him, and you'd feel great <laughs> afterwards. He'd just have you laughing, though, wouldn't you? No, he's not not one of those laugh-out-loud guys. He's a smile humor where you're just like, I feel good, I'm smiling, you know? (laughs) Like like Johnny Flynn? Smile humor. Yeah, he's not, you know, you're you're not like knee-slapping with Boban. You're just like, I'm really enjoying this, you know, 45 minutes to an hour we're just talking, you know? He would be eating goldfish the entire... uh... He'd be sharing, though. That's true. true. Totally, uh, probably universally... Renowned as the nicest NBA player. Exactly. Yeah, Boban. Yeah, but he's, but I don't. Yeah, yeah, he's on the short list. I think for sure. he'd also be honest with you though as well. I don't think he'd just be like, uh, you know, I'm just going to say nice things to you. I think he would help you see, you know, where you need to work on things. Okay. Hey, it's your answer, man. Uh, it's good. <laughs> it's your therapist. Oh my yeah. God. What his hourly rate is, but uh, who do you have, Trey? Dirk Nowitzki. Mm. Ooh, great listener. 
Funny guy. He's been through the ups and downs, too. He sucked when he came to America. He was terrible his rookie year. He had, uh, you know, he won MVP, immediately eliminated, had to go on a walkabout, came back and refocused himself, got better, and is a beloved teammate who can make everybody laugh. So I think he really honestly does everything, and he will give you full-on humor, not some of this bullshit (laughs) smile humor. (laughs) Nobody wants to laugh with just their lips, mate. (laughs) It's a smile. It's like just that, like, good feeling, you know, not the roller coaster, you know? Okay. What about you, Tess? Dirk's a good one, yeah, because he almost wanted to leave uh, North America and go back and uh, because that first couple years didn't like it. Um, for me, I don't need anybody to tell me anything. Just listen. So I'm going with Kawhi Leonard. Oh, <laughs> sit there, man. Just sit there and listen. Don't open your mouth. Just just sit there. So did you yeah. see the clip going around uh, recently? Of oh, it must have been at the last weekend's football games. Um, Paul George is like uh, not like field side. I guess they're in some sort of box on the field. And like they go to them and like they're trying like it's a classic like they're trying to get the crowd hyped up. I don't know if there's t-shirts involved or something like that. And so Paul George is like he's getting into it and there's a bunch of other people. And then the camera like pans out a little bit and Kawhi is also there, <laughs> but is just looking like not cheering. Seems a little confused. You see that clip? Uh, yes, and I'm gonna look for it again after the show and watch it again. Uh, but it was like when the uh, when they uh, <laughs> announced good. The, uh, when they announced the uh, the new arena, remember and Kawhi was just like oh, yeah. this is the the last place I want to be. Where do you think Kawhi would have to go for him to be like, just like edge of his seat, you know, really getting into it? What, what event? I, I mean, that's a good question. Like, it, mm. it would does Kawhi go, like, does he hit the dance floor? <laughs> like, does he, you know, we had a wedding. I mean, a wedding. You know, I believe 90% of dancing's in your face. So with Kawhi, that'd be tough, tough. because he'd just be... I know. He might have some moves, but if his face isn't into yeah. it, it's like... It's not worth it. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I've never seen footage of him getting down. <laughs> you can see someone. Would you ask him to leave the dance floor, you're saying? Your if face he was not uh, dancing. Not yeah, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't enjoy it because, you know, people, you see people dancing that you can tell by looking at them if they're having fun. It's not in Maybe their... he's having the time of his life yeah, just because he's not representing that. it to you the way yeah, you want. Nah. It's you projecting on him. Yeah, but I just think that's. No, I'm your therapist. You, <laughs> you want to be on the dance floor with people having a good time. If a guy looks like he's miserable, out there even if he's got great moves you're like just go and stay out man this is the dance floor so you're saying if Kawhi Leonard was at your wedding and he's on the dance floor and he's killing it in terms of the moves with a great song going, what's one of your favorite songs to dance to uh, at a wedding let's say oh, at a wedding yeah um <laughs> uh, I mean, you can just get a good DJ, man. You can be dancing to anything. You good, answer, good answer. Um, good a little recover. bit softer now. See, like my my, my friend Davo, right? Yeah. Terrible dancer. Absolutely disgustingly bad dancer. But looks like he's having the time of his life on his face. At my wedding, the girls absolutely loved it. Yeah. You know. Not- Davo. Yeah. <laughs> Davo, Davo does the sprinkler like Millhouse. Yeah, <laughs> is that your favorite song in a way? I didn't know that. I don't know the sprinkler like this sprinkler. Well, that's, I know that's a thing. No, no, no. Davo's got his own sprinkler. He's, he's got his own sprinkler going. This but is got not his own the sprinkler, sprinkler system. This it's is the Yeah, like that. <laughs> Face going crazy. <laughs> All right, so you would kick Kawhi off the dance floor, is what you're saying. Yeah. If he was not expressing himself. Exactly, wow. exactly. That's, he could have the sickest. That's crazy. Like he's just like he's leading. He's leading the whole dance in Thriller, (laughs) right? But but if you stone faced, you're like. Well, get the hell thriller, out of thriller though I mean what face do you need for Thriller because that's you, you should have a stone yeah. face for Thriller yeah. so that would work for Thriller like, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only, that's the only song where it's allowed to have a okay, plain face. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we settled that. Okay. Thanks to everybody that sent in uh, your emails. Keep them coming. No dunks at theathletic.com. Tweet them in at no dunks inc. <laughs> Or of course, leave them in the YouTube comments. You got you got a funny comment there. No, no, no. I'm just thinking. I did actually have video of Davo somewhere, but like, I don't know. I don't know where it is. I'll I'd see be if I can find it. Shocked if you did it. Video of Davo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please find that. Now, I want to see that. I never yeah. want to see any of the photos that you share. Your muscles in Brussels. You standing outside of Marina. I don't really care. Davo dancing. I would like to see yeah. you doing this weird sprinkler. Thing. So please find it. Okay. Uh, when we come back, we got we'll get to tweet of the night pick and results and some rapid fire fun. Don't go anywhere. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adriana Aditi, Andy and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. I gotta get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute, but man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of NoDunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. All right, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Tweet of the all right, I cheated a little bit with Tweet of the Night. I went back a few days because there's a reason behind it. It's all about the fans. This show is all about the fans. It's nothing without the fans. And so I went back. It's all about Trey Kirby. Yes, camera show. Trey <laughs> I Kirby. started as a fan and look at me now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just like this man, J.D. Dashinsky at Disney World with a mm. couple of his friends wearing no dunks gear, all three of them. 
Hanging out at Disney World, he tweeted, repping our favorite podcast, No Dunk Sync, at the happiest on earth. And of course, those are the Disney themed No Dunk shirts. Also, practice your free throws. Yeah. <laughs> because I don't know if it's JD or one of his friends has got a ball on a ride with the yeah. photo. Wow. Why does he have a ball? I mean, it's That's awesome. Just because. Mm. Yeah, to practice take the photo. Yeah. <laughs> Where'd you find that? Very nice. Got to like the elbow tuck there, Lee. Ah, uh, yeah. Right Very underneath nice. the ball. Beef. Uh, nice. yeah. <laughs> also, a photo, great, great grab of Bogan Bryce's photos in Memphis. We went there on Monday, sitting in our seats. Yeah, I don't have the photo. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Keep describing it. Let me see if I can grab it. Well, Trey took a photo of us, and, and so our vantage point, and those, so somebody in a no-dunk shirt spotted it on Twitter. Ooh, right. This is That made sense to him. So he, he got up. Somebody took a photo of him in his no-dunk shirt with us in the distance mm. behind him. Did so you the, see that picture? Yes, the, I did. Yeah. The no-dunks peoples behind the no-dunk shirts. Uh, I was like... I don't know, a, a very far distance from where he was sitting, but did a nice little enhance, smart move. And so we're in the background of Bogan Bryce's photos. <laughs> uh, you don't have to go to JD and. Anyways, also, a happy 24th birthday to Chad. One of our <laughs> listeners we're doing birthday shoutouts now because because his wife his wife Lexi sent me a message and said Chad listens every day. Mm -hmm. um, can you give him a shout out now? I think this I've, is dangerous. Yeah, it is. It start is. Start doing this. Hey, we can pick on. and choose. I yeah. mean, I wanted to fill. I wanted <laughs> to fill out. Cool. I wanted to fill out this with a, a third fan, oh. and so this mm -hmm. works out. Although. Lexi sent this message, I think, at like five or six and said, hey, do this the next day. His birthday is the next day. Wow. So last minute, Lexi, let's think about it a little bit <laughs> more in advance. Um, mm. And so I think his birthday was actually yesterday because we couldn't squeeze it in. But it works perfectly right here to go along with J.D. Dashinsky, Bogan Bryce. What a name. <laughs> I had to look that up. Hey, there hey. There's Bogan Bryce. And where the heck is No Ducks? Where are there? they? You can uh, actually yeah. see us. We're right at the back of the lower bowl us. there. Yes, there they there are. We are. Yeah, Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, we're right up against that wall. Those four men's right there behind Bogan Bryce with this. I didn't realize at first the undershirt, no dunks. That's under, nice. Under his Grizz gear, I'm sure. So respect. Respect, Bogan. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you to JD. Thank you to Bogan. <laughs> and thank you to Chad and Lexi as well. But hold on. He's wearing a either a T-shirt or like a long sleeve shirt over a sweatshirt. Oh, wow. That, you know, nice. so that, you're saying yeah, that, you that is a sweatshirt. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a, that's a sweatshirt, right? T-shirt over a sweatshirt, Because he's got yeah, the purple uh, drawstrings there. Mm -hmm. nice. Oh, yeah. Crazy. He's pulling that move. Wow. There was a lot of uh, no-dunk shirts there were. in Memphis, too, I think. <laughs> they knew the boys were coming. Yeah, it's nice. That's a lot. We love it. Two? If you take a photo of uh, yourself or one of your loved ones wearing a no-dunks T-shirt, Tag us on Instagram, tag us on Twitter, and uh, you might get on the show here. All right, and I'll do this here oh, because boy. there's an all-star <laughs> leak. I don't want to believe that these are the all-star jerseys, but uh, I guess we're a basketball show. I guess we should show them. This is from M. Moreno1015, who went into some store in Los Angeles and saw this all-star jersey, which could be the all-star jersey, not definitively right. the all-star so jersey. It could be a leak. Because... Uh, well, it could be n a, not a jersey whatsoever that they wear. So this could be, I don't know what the heck this thing is. It's, I don't like the look of it. Also, Anthony Davis, 
He's, he's not an all-star this year. It is weird. I saw um, my, my favorite comment on these, if these are real. Haley O'Shaughnessy, uh, at Haley O'Something on Twitter, said, this is a Swiffer pad. Yeah. <laughs> and she's right. It looks very similar to that. The texture of a Swiffer pad, that, no okay, doubt. Here is the real concern. If these are truly the, the all-star jerseys, this is going to look horrible on TV. Right? Yeah. Because you can't see the name on the back? Well, yeah, that. Number. And yeah. it's just Grays are so never, washed out. Yeah. Mm. Grays are never home runs. Grays never plays. Mm-hmm. So maybe the, maybe they're not real, Lee. I hope not. I hope not yet. Um, those are, those look real to me. Yeah. I, th- these leaks are usually right. Yeah. Those i got to be real. honest. Yeah. Like, those look pretty real. 99% yeah. of the time they are. Yeah, I hope not. Uh, <laughs> it's the 75th anniversary. I mean, maybe they could have at least had a mashup of all the other jerseys together. You know what I mean? Would have been better than that. Yeah. It's got a big old NBA logo on the front. I'll tell you that much. No doubt you're watching an NBA All-Star game. Yeah, that's game like the, that the, the Craig Hodges All-Star game. You know, where it's <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Everyone's just playing for the NBA today. Yeah. Uh, pick up results from last night. It was the Suns-Mavericks game. Tass was the only one to take the dogs in the Mavs, and it was looking good for a little bit, Tass. Mm-hmm. But as we talked about off the top of the show, Suns ended up covering. So that's a win for me. It's a win for Trey. It's a win for Lee. Tass and Lee are tied in last place. Five and eight is your record. You don't want to be last overall because you'll have to pay it off here on the show. I still owe a couple. Tass actually owes one as well, but we'll get to those in, in due time. But what's tonight's game? Well, it's the Miami Heat, who are hot going into Atlanta, uh, who are hot for them at home. They, they had <laughs> lost 10 straight at home. Now they won two straight at home. And let's do the same thing as we did yesterday. I'll take the one team and you guys hmm. take the other because I love doing the same thing over and over and over again. <laughs> uh, I'll take the Hawks. You guys have the Heat. Uh, I'm just... I just want good seats down for uh, Hawks game, so that's why I'm taking the oh, Hawks. Now I believe I believe this is a, a turnaround, somewhat like last year. They're starting to turn this thing around, but it's going to be tough to beat the Miami Heat. Although who knows who's playing for that team? Well, I'm not sure. A, I mean, Jimmy should be playing after yeah. getting ejected the other night, so he should be fresh. Kyle's, and Kyle's back out, and Hero is uh, out, out as well. But yep. I think everyone else is good. Doesn't matter as we talked mm-hmm. about too with the way yeah, they're exactly. playing. So it's a it's a tight line. Yeah. Uh, Hawks got to win by two for Taft right. to get that dub. All right. Well, let's wrap up this classic drop podcast with a little rapid fire fun. TK, you got the questions today. No dunks. Took a road trip to Memphis this week. Seven hours there, five hours back. We watched the Grizzlies beat the Bulls on Martin Luther King Day. Fun times were had. But my question for y'all. What's the best road trip that you've ever taken? Skeets. Well, a quick question to your question. Does it count as a road trip if I was doing it for a month and I was living in the automobile? Because that's what I did in New Zealand. Sure, it's, it's count really it. a road trip, though. It's like a... I'm, I'm glad you asked that question. Driving. I'm not, I'm not... To me, a road trip is like, I'm starting here and my destination is here. I guess... You know, I was in the southern island of New Zealand. We eventually got our way to the northern island. But it doesn't feel like a road trip. So my real answer is 2018, and I've talked about it before, in British Columbia. started in Vernon. We went to Jasper. We went to Banff. You know, you were just in mm-hmm. the area, Lily, uh, during the winter. I was doing this during the summer. And then back to Vernon. Just an unbelievable road trip because you don't even need to stop anywhere. You obviously do. But you don't need to because the drive is, like, one of the most beautiful drives in the world. So that's my answer. Go west, young man. Yes, you got to right. drive out west. Oh, Some of the cool. greatest sights to be seen. JD, what's your best road trip? Yeah, right before we moved to uh, Atlanta, uh, we did a sort of a final uh, trip across 
basically Eastern Canada, but into the United States. And we we uh, mapped our route based on restaurants. And uh, so we went into uh, Rockport to Primo, which was featured on uh, one of Anthony Bourdain's mm-hmm. shows. It's like a farm, farm literally farm to table. Right. Uh, you know, and then we stopped at... Uh, the uh, the Chateau Frontenac in uh, in uh, Quebec City there, and then we also went to Joe Beef in uh, in Montreal. So uh, yeah, great times. That was like also a month long thing where we nice. were in Nova Scotia for two weeks, and then we hit the cottage in Northern Ontario. We were just on the road for like a, basically a month, so it was awesome. So yeah. Incredible. Cool story, bro. <laughs> yeah, right. That's a cool story, bro. Yeah. Cool story. I mean, my best was a six-week trip on a bus, but it was with strangers. And I, I always think of a road trip as like something you do with your buds. And so for one of our friend's 21st birthdays, we uh, there was like four car loads. We drove like four hours out to this river, and then we got on a houseboat for like a week and then all drove back together like in the same thing. So it was like a, a whole week-long sort of celebration of like, 16 to 20 people something like that so it was a road trip a boat trip and then another road trip home. it was uh it was awesome uh, leo what was your favorite road trip the time i was on a boat <laughs> well, it was a, road trip, a road trip to the boat then yeah, it was no. a boat road trip and then it was a, a road trip back so <laughs> gotta have my boats and bros <laughs> on our road trip we saw a bunch of lawyer billboards from the likes of morris bart mama justice and alexander shunara <laughs> Then on the show, we brainstormed some NBA ideas for lawyer billboards. But my question, if you were a lawyer and you had a billboard, what would you have for a tagline? Skeets. No need to overthink this one. Car crash on the streets? Call J.E. Skeets. (laughs) Perfect. Done. I'm dialing. Yep. Lee. I mean, J.D. (laughs) Yeah, I... uh... Uh, you know, sex sells, as you know. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going uh, sexy with it. And uh, I'm going to change my name, just like, like Saul Goodman, yeah. you know. Uh, so my name's going to be Abe Sexman. Okay. <laughs> and uh, quite, it's really, I'm also not overthinking it. It's uh, Abe Sexman. I'll get you off. Oh, that's good. Oh. Wow. 1-800-SEXMAN. Two ends. I think you could probably actually call that number and get an answer. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. Careful. Yeah. careful. <laughs> Lee, what you got? Yeah, so if you're driving around uh, on the freeway, sometimes you need like more than one billboard to get your message across. <laughs> right. Right. So I've got two billboards. My first one is just uh, you got someone to sue and then ten, uh, five minutes down the road call Lee <laughs> <laughs> Jesus man why didn't you guys tell me you're doing graphics for these I could have done one that'll do oh that's good <laughs> oh, that's that photo. so awesome <laughs> that reminds me that photo have you ever seen the uh, I love these guys but there's a great uh, Nate Duncan Danny Lee <laughs> yeah, pick they're where passing. they're playing basketball yeah. and passing you got the vibes of that pick right there strutting <laughs> You really nailed the throw your (laughs) over your shoulder pose. Perfectly timed in stride and everything. Come on, leave that (laughs) Oh, what a great moment that was. Just like many in the history of the No Dunks podcast, which turned 16 years old this week. Very fitting that we're in a garage. Fellas. 
What were you like as a 16-year-old? Skeets? Well, you could actually throw this on a billboard. It's a tagline. I was small in size, large in clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I was not uh, very big when I was 16 still. I guess I was just hitting my uh, very tiny growth spurt, but... Uh, Man, I was wearing some baggy clothes. <laughs> some big Just clothes. big old jeans, big old shirts, big old bucket hats. I think I went through a, a weird goggles phase at one point. Wow. <laughs> Probably had to do with the Backstreet Boys or some shit like that. Yeah. Goggles. So, yeah. Okay. But, uh, yeah, that's my, that's my dream. <laughs> yeah, uh, very hard to answer this question because uh, I kind of don't remember. But... Uh, yeah. Insufferable comes to mind, like the word <laughs> insufferable, probably. Uh, but I went looking at some pictures just to sort of jog my memory, and uh, I came up with a couple uh, here. I'm going to just uh, put them up. Oh, yes. I, I think basically I was into denim. That's me on the left there. Jean wow. jacket on top. Jeans below. What Next, year is this photo This would have been 87. Like Why is it black and white? Yeah, we, 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 we were, this was in Paris, France. We were on a high school trip. Oh, and I'm uh, talking to my fun. man, uh, Jesse McNelly there. Oh. We're like, we're, we are denim bros yeah. through and through. <laughs> There's me. Oh, look at wow. that. You look like you are in Art a club. band. Yeah. In the 80s, yeah. Yeah. English Sort of punk band, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, flock of seagulls, yeah, maybe yeah, a that's little. It, that's it. Uh, there's my man Miguel, almost the exact same jacket, I yeah, think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then this is the insufferable part. <laughs> so that's me. It's 16, 17. I'm not sure exactly when, but this is like late 80s. So, yeah. I, I, thought we were, I thought we were going to get a JD on Degrassi photo. These were great. Oh, man. I, I, got, I got some footage I could maybe pull up for you. Oh, yeah, God. Yeah, when you were on Degrassi. Oh, that yeah. Time. That's a good call, Tess. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> that, was, that was great. That was, uh, I love your, the black and white artsy photo. Is your very... uh, oldest son 16 right now, JD? No, he's turning 16 uh, okay. in July. So pretty close. Yeah, pretty yeah. close. Is he, does he remind... Uh, um, you know, of yourself? I, when I'm looking at those pictures, kind of. Yeah, because yeah. that's what yeah. I'm seeing. Yeah, that and the insufferable part. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. He's the best. He's the best. <laughs> we should all chip in and get him a jean jacket. Yeah. <laughs> gotta remake Just those like photos. That. Yeah. What do you got, Lily? Uh, I've got a couple too. Apparently, I was a big uh, Oakland Raiders head when I was 16 years old. Um, I, I don't remember exactly why, but there I was. Uh, <laughs> Typing, learning to type at school. See, we had wow. the old electronic typewriters yeah, there. Yeah, um, uh, LA Raiders probably. Oh, was it LA then. Raiders? Yeah, was it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I, I was uh, a basketball fan as well. Here is our high school team. We finished runners up uh, when I was sixteen. There's uh, state runners up. Yeah. I don't know why I've got a watch on in the photo. Lizard <laughs> <laughs> time. Yeah, it looks like you're on a track time. team. And I, I'm you're not sure I'm wearing Yeah, this does not look like a basketball <laughs> team yeah. to me. Not sure uh, I'm wearing, you know, baggy shorts. Well, it didn't make it to my uh, house anyway. I feel the few of my teammates have got the long shorts. Your buddy's got the spandex on. Uh, yeah, the yeah, that's Maka. Yeah, yeah, looking at this picture, I'm surprised you're not a bigger John Stockton fan. Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. Short uh, shorts or no shorts at all. I think short barely yeah. there. What? Yeah. Hold on. Okay. Like, number 34, you said Macker there in the Spanish? That's Macker, yeah. Macker. Look at his neck. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's pulling a truck. Yeah, he's, he's a got, big boy, Macker. He's got a weightlifting belt under his shirt there. He just came from lifting <laughs> weights. Holy, <laughs> look at his lats. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Big boy. His dad was a cop. Big, big fella. Did you call him Macker because he was a Mack truck? <laughs> no, he was Mackenzie. Oh, Mac. okay. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, runners up for the state. That's good. Cool. Nice. Congratulations. Good, good picks. <laughs> nice. I really nice. dropped the ball on rapid fire there. I mean, with the graphics and the picks. Sorry. I'll do better next time, I promise. Okay, let's call it there. Hopefully that was a classic way to end a classic drop podcast, but you tell us. Keep sending in your questions. No dunks at theathletic.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. We got tips on TikTok on how to use your phone a little bit better. <laughs> Only one so far. We, well, need, we need a tip. second tip. Yeah, we have a tip. You guys right got now. anything? You got to mm. learn anything phone? new? No, I'm horrible. Mm. I don't even know how to turn mine on. Mm. <laughs> I've been texting you, man. No wonder <laughs> I haven't heard back. I just got a new SIM card. Uh, oh, oh you were having some struggles on yeah. our Memphis road trip. SIM yeah. card just fell out. Just didn't work anymore. Yeah. Just It was a faulty SIM card, and I thought... I'm going to have to pay 30 bucks for a SIM card or whatever. No big deal. Went to the store. Just gave me one. Mm. Because if it's a faulty SIM card, no big deal. It's it's, it's on us. It's on us. So if your SIM card's failing you, it's going to be free. Okay. That's (laughs) Not really. That's all I got. Your SIM card fell asleep on on a bench in Las Vegas. Yeah. Yeah? A little spurry, blurry moment. Uh, that was just for Matty. <laughs> go, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Is he sleeping? Well, no, I don't think so. Oh, just, Put a pair on your shoulder, you never sleep. Well, that was a weird thing when she... When, <laughs> inside jokes for inside folks. Uh, you turned your light on. On your phone oh, by saying something oh. to your light. And then I tried to do it and it didn't work. All right, let's... There uh, we go. Okay. Here's a new tip. Put this on TikTok. Lumos. Oh, right. Oh, wow. wow. Harry Potter skills. Lumos. Doesn't work on my phone. Gotta change the option. He's a muggle. (laughs) (laughs) At No Dunk Sync for stuff like that, everybody. And uh, grab yourself an athletic subscription. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks. And I will say... Keep your eye on our YouTube feed over the next couple days. We got to get to popping some more packs. Uh, Top Shot Hot Boy over there. Oh, so yeah, we can maybe yeah, do that. Yeah. I don't know. Later today, maybe we'll figure that out. And we got a certified classic coming uh, probably on the weekend. So make sure you subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. All right. Until Monday here in the podcast world, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, Lumos, I guess. It's not working. Lumos. <laughs> Get angry. Lumos. Try Jimles. Jimles. Try Jimles. 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 Lumos. Are you are you activating your Siri? Oh yeah. Uh, si- nah. <laughs> uh, embrace the weekend, people. Uh, might be a tip there oh, for yeah. you. Uh, yeah.